Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. So this is a photo of my beloved uh, family. Tsuying uh, is my better half. Uh, she works part-time in a polyclinic. Uh, and we never had a helper at home. Uh, she's a better half because she does more than half the housework at home. Uh, actually, more than 90% uh, she's doing it. Uh, I like to call our family the Mi Siam family. Uh, Mi Siam, not because we like the food, uh, but because Mi Siam sounds like Mi Siam. I escape. Uh, and that's what we behave when it comes to housework. So I have three beloved children. They are Ya'en, Kai'en, and Shao'en. They are 15, 13, and 7 years old uh, this year. Uh, like many of our young people, uh, their main work is schoolwork. And, and that is also work uh, in the broad sense. Uh, professionally, I work uh, in the MES, uh, Monetary Authority of Singapore, no, not Malaysian Airlines. Eh? Uh, so there I cover our corporate services, our people development functions. Uh, so I work with my colleagues uh, to develop people uh, future leaders to transform the way we work uh, and to redesign the workplace to be a caring, a collaborative uh, and sustainable uh, workplace. Uh, and because I used to supervise uh, banks, uh, the board thinks that I can juggle our governance and, and risk matters of the church, uh, so I chair our audit and risk committee. Uh, so such ministry work is also work uh, in the broad sense. Uh, my dad is semi-retired and so still working, uh, my mom is, is fully retired, uh, so she takes care of the house and, and the grandchildren sometimes. So they are still working. Uh, this morning, I invite all of us to think about work in that broad sense, that in some way or another, we are all still working. Uh, as Pastor Edmund shared, uh, this, this month, we are taking a pause uh, from our study of the book of Daniel, and we are looking at areas of our life and placing them in God's hands. Uh, today, we are kicking off with work, and that will be followed by money, minds, uh, bodies and, and families. I believe we are starting off with, with work because work is such an important area in our lives and it affects many of these other areas. Uh, I'm so glad that we serve a big God with big hands who can hold all these important areas uh, and people uh, in our lives. Uh, so with that, let me begin uh, with a word of prayer. Dear God, we thank you that you hold our work and our lives in your loving hands. This day, Lord, we ask that you open up our ears and our heart to receive of your word and that we will worship you with our listening. Lord, open our eyes to behold your wondrous truth. Strengthen our hands that we may do your work in faith and in obedience. And let all the work that we do be pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if we were to truly place our work in God's hands, how different would our work look like? And here, uh, I want to share with us uh, three focal points in thinking about our work uh, in God's hands, uh, which I believe can guide the work uh, that we do. Uh, first, how do we see work as God's calling, not our own view of work, but God's purpose uh, for our work? Second, how do we serve God and people wholeheartedly, uh, not ourselves, but God and people? And third, how do we stay rested uh, in Christ, such that we are able to balance between that work and the rest? the toil and the tranquility in our lives. Uh, so I want to be practical in my sharing uh, and share with you some of my applications of God's Word. 
Before we talk about God's view of work, uh, let's take a look at what Singaporeans think about work. Uh, this is PwC's uh, latest Workforce uh, Hopes and Fears uh, survey, uh, where it talks about the important factors that matters to Singaporeans uh, when it comes to switching jobs. Uh, I'll just say I'm not endorsing PwC's survey, uh, but it has quite a big uh, sample pool of more than 1,000 Singaporeans. Uh, I'm also not endorsing job hopping, so don't see this as a sign that it's time to change your job. So there are, there are four important factors that Singaporeans value uh, when it comes to work. Uh, first, compensation, being rewarded fairly for the work that we do, uh, so that you know, we're able to uh, provide for ourselves and our families and to do the things that we really enjoy, whether it's traveling, good food, uh, shopping, the, the list goes on. Uh, second, uh, meaning, that purpose and that passion in the work that we do. Our purpose is how we are able to contribute, while passion is the ability to do what we love. Next, uh, in terms of competencies, uh, that professional and career development, uh, how are we able to grow our competencies, our capabilities, and our capacities at work? Uh, fourth, the autonomy, the ability to choose uh, when and where we want to work, that's increasingly important. Hybrid work arrangements, uh, work-life balance. Uh, so these are all important factors uh, which drive us at work. Next, let's take a look at how driven we are at work really depends on whether we undervalue work or we overvalue work. People who undervalue work tend to see work as a burden, as barren, bane, a boliao or boring. In the extreme view of work, we can be disengaged at work and our work may even be fruitless. On the other hand, some of us see work as the be-all and end-all, and we are overzealous for our work, and sometimes we can get frustrated when we don't achieve uh, the outcomes and the results that we desire because of factors beyond our control. Uh, next, people who undervalue work uh, may underwork or be idle at work. Uh, Colloquially, we have heard of uh, terms like quiet quitting or tang ping, uh, lying flat at work. Uh, in case you think that's the right thing to do, in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, uh, Paul reminds us not to be idle and disruptive. Uh, so sit up straight where you are and make sure you don't tang ping, lie flat uh, when you're working from home. People who overvalue work uh, tend to overwork and make an idol of our work. Uh, as the late um, Pastor Timothy Keller said, uh, an idol is a good thing turned into an ultimate thing. Uh, and our work, being an idol, can be dangerous. Success then gets into our head and makes us proud and failure can break our heart. So it's important to find that balance in the work that we do. Uh, finally, people who undervalue work uh, may be too bored to care uh, or do the bare minimum uh, at work. Uh, example uh, of such a mindset, Ayah, it doesn't matter if the customer is satisfied or not, it's okay, I'm part-time only. On the other hand, people who overvalue work may be too busy to think and to rest and potentially even burn out at work. One of the scary things can be that uh, some of us may mistake busyness as godliness, being overly busy and occupied in ministry. We may even say, hey, look, look at that guy. Wow, he works, uh, serves in ministry uh, seven nights a week, so godly. Uh, and that can be dangerous. Uh, there's also the idea of uh, people burning out because of the work beneath the work. It's not the actual work in itself, but it's the work beneath the work where we desire to prove ourselves, to prove our self-worth, through the work that we do. And this inner churning within our, our soul and our heart, uh, desiring to, to keep on working to prove ourselves. Uh, and our minds can even camouflage it 
as a spirit of excellence. So we really need God-given wisdom uh, to discern that, that spirit uh, that is restless, that's relentless, and is churning with, inside us. Okay, so my confession uh, work is uh, such an idol in my life. Uh, often, uh, daily, there is this battle between the two important W's, uh, wife and work. I must remember to say wife first because my wife is here. <laughs> uh, so work can keep me in office instead of coming home early for dinner. Uh, work can keep me from going to bed with my wife and work can keep me awake at night. Uh, even over the weekends, uh, I will bring along my laptop or, or my iPad uh, to my mother-in-law's place to clear my work over the weekend. Some of you may be thinking, wow, how dare you, mother-in-law's place, so you do your work. And it's very worse. Uh, work can keep us away uh, from God. So what is God's view of work? In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. In the context of Genesis chapter 2, uh, God created a beautiful and fruitful Garden of Eden uh, with four rivers flowing through it uh, and, and watering uh, the garden. And some of us may think, oh, then maybe God should have asked Adam to enjoy paradise, enjoy the holiday, enjoy the wonderful garden. But no, God didn't say that. In verse 15, God has a deliberate plan uh, for Adam to work. And this was before the, the fall of Adam and Eve when they sinned against God uh, in the next chapter. So God intentionally uh, designed for Adam to work. So Timothy Keller has written about work and this is what he says. A job is a vocation only if someone else calls you to do it for them rather than for yourself. And so our work can be a calling only if it's reimagined as a mission of service to something beyond merely our own interests. So the word vocation uh, is a Latin word and it has its roots in Christianity. Vocation literally means to call. And here, Pastor Timothy Keller has said uh, that a job is a vocation uh, only if two things happen. One, uh, God calls us to do it. And two, we do it for a purpose greater than ourselves. So where we are in the current roles that we are in, whether it's as a student, whether it's as NS personnel, a worker, a boss, or even a retiree, our work can be our vocation if God calls us to do it for a purpose greater than ourselves. We must shift away from a secular view of work to a sacred view of work. And there are five fundamental differences between a secular view and a sacred view of work. First, as I've shared in Genesis chapter 2, work is not a curse. God himself worked to create the heavens and the earth. That work is a calling, it is a blessing from the Lord. Second, as Pastor Kei Kiong preached last Sunday, sacred work is not more important than secular work, neither is it less important. But all work is important and all work has dignity. doesn't matter whether it's a white-collar job, blue-collar job, uh, nowadays, uh, green-collar job for sustainability jobs, or no-collar jobs, uh, including for our homemakers. It doesn't matter. All work has dignity, and we want to give the due respect and honour to various jobs and vocations. Next, how do we uh, not see work as a means to an end uh, for leisure, but see work as an end in itself, where we are called to give our very best to God, because God deserves our best. That way, He has placed us, He desires for us uh, to do our very best uh, for His glory and His purposes. Next, uh, some of us may think about work as being all about success, it's about self-interest, self-worth, uh, self-serving. It's all about me. 
It's about the higher paying job uh, that's out there. Uh, let's take heed to what Elizabeth Murdoch said, that profit without purpose is a recipe for disaster. How do we pivot from there to see God work as, as a means of serving God and people? The desire to want to grow in that competence so that we can serve people better, so that we can serve God better. Finally, some of us think of work as a means of uh, pleasing our bosses, uh, but we know that is not sustainable. Either we overwork or we work when our bosses' eyes are on us. Uh, but how do we see work as a means of pleasing God, uh, to give thanks unto Him? And, and truly then, we can commit our successes and our failures unto God. Okay, so if we truly see work as uh, God's calling, how has that uh, mattered in my own career and life? Uh, as I shared, I work in the MES. It's been uh, 17 years and counting, not counting down. <laughs> uh, I've appreciated the opportunity uh, to grow and to develop at work uh, and, and I've not been distracted <laughs> by competing job offers. Uh, my boss is not here, uh, but she should be happy to hear this. Uh, and here in this uh, journey of my career, I've, I've seen how the Lord has blessed uh, equip and empower me to do his work. Uh, so when I first started off uh, at work, uh, looking for my first uh, posting, uh, first department in MAS, uh, all I did was to look through the website, look at the few departments' descriptions that I'm interested in, rank ordered based on what I studied, and then submitted to my HR. Uh, and that was it. Uh, I didn't uh, talk to anyone in the organization. I didn't go and read up and see what the department is doing. I, I didn't even know how much money I was receiving uh, in this first job. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, and out of that, that first posting, by God's grace, I, I did well. Uh, and then for the second posting, my previous boss you know, uh, told me, look out for this uh, high potential officer, uh, learn from him, watch him. Uh, so when this person rotated uh, to another department, I just followed law and continued to watch and learn from him. Um, and by God's grace, I did well in that second posting. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, that person, after staying on in that role for one year, he then moved on to another department. Uh, so don't, don't, don't do that, okay? Don't follow my example uh, and simply blindly follow people. Uh, and along the way, uh, at work in, in various leadership appointments that have come up, uh, I've obediently taken up uh, what the organization thinks I can contribute uh, at work. So whether it's in international relations, whether it's developing the financial sector's uh, jobs and skills, and then uh, supervising banks to make sure all your hard-earned deposits are safe uh, in your banks. Uh, those are things that I've taken up. Uh, and finally, in, in my current role, just before I took it up um, and I was going to meet with MD, I thought he was going to ask me to double head, uh, meaning not just to lead my previous department, but to also take on the role of leading another department. Uh, in our context, uh, double heading means uh, double the work but the same pay. Uh, for many of us, it doesn't make sense. Why would anybody do that? Uh, but I felt the Lord's prompting. And I also got the no objection uh, from my wife to go ahead. And there in, in John chapter 4, verse 34, uh, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And that was God's prompting to me, to be courageous, to take on whatever role uh, MD puts before me. Uh, so you can imagine, uh, I was uh, prepared to take on a double-heading role. Uh, so when he offered me a promotion into a bigger role, uh, I was more than happy to take it up. Uh, and it's been two years and three months uh, since my current role. And I'm so thankful that it's really one of the most meaningful and purposeful jobs uh, in the organization. Because I get to develop people, I get to redesign the workplace, I get to transform the work that we do. And for that, I am thankful that truly as, as God calls, uh, He will empower and equip us to do His work. Okay, so I've spoken about how we must see work uh, as God's calling. Uh, then the question that I will ask is, 
how then uh, should we work? And, and really, it's about serving God and people wholeheartedly. In Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verses 5 to 9, uh, let me read that first. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favour when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. So in these verses, the key word is the word heart uh, that is repeated uh, three times. In verse 5, sincerity of heart, uh, which literally means the singleness of heart. And in this context, it's about a genuine, not pretentious obedience uh, to our masters. Uh, and then in verse 6, doing the will of God from your heart. And then verse 7, to serve wholeheartedly. But what does it mean uh, to serve uh, God and people wholeheartedly? Uh, Paul, in, in his writing, gives us a few examples. Uh, first, one, one commenter uh, summarized uh, these verses uh, with one keyword, and that's the word obedience, uh, repeated three times in the first two uh, verses. Uh, obey, slaves, obey your earthly masters, just as you would obey Christ. And then in verse 6, obey them. Uh, so obedience as a key way of expressing uh, that, that service wholeheartedly unto God. And then in, in verse 6, uh, where Paul calls us to obey uh, our masters, not just when their eye is on us. Uh, my living question for some of us in the marketplace is, uh, when our bosses are not looking at us, uh, are we happily on social media, or, or even worse, uh, job surfing uh, while at work? In verse uh, 7, uh, we see how Paul calls us to serve wholeheartedly, uh, serving God uh, and not people. And finally, in verse 8, recognizing that even if man does not reward us, the Lord will reward us for doing good, uh, for serving Him, and the blessings and the reward uh, is from God. And finally, in, in verse uh, 9, uh, not just, you know, that Paul have uh, instructions for the slaves, uh, Paul also had instructions for the masters, and that is to treat the slaves in the same way, uh, to care for their interests and their well-being. Uh, so for those of us who are bosses, uh, besides, you know, financial performance and, and KPIs, uh, are we also concerned about the well-being of our staff as well as their professional development? Paul also calls masters not to threaten our workers and, and not to use force, not to use cohesion to get them to work uh, because both masters and slaves uh, have an ultimate uh, master in heaven. Dorothy Sayers, in, in her, her chapter uh, on, on why work, uh, describes uh, this about work. That work is not primarily a thing one does to live, but a thing one lives to do. It is, or it should be, the full expression of the worker's faculties, the thing in which she finds spiritual, mental, and bodily satisfaction, and the medium in which she offers himself to God. So work is not primarily a thing one does to live. We don't work for our leisure, uh, but leisure itself is meant to refresh and recharge us for our work. And then in the second sentence, Dorothy Sayers talked about how work is an expression of ourself and also a living sacrifice unto God. Okay, so another sharing about what uh, serving uh, God and people wholeheartedly uh, in the workplace looked like for me 
Uh, this is a kick-off session uh, for a mentoring program uh, that are piloted uh, in the organization. Uh, and, and here is one where uh, we are raising up leaders uh, to invest in younger officers, in new appointment holders, uh, to develop them, support their development and growth uh, professionally as well as personally. Uh, so I have incorporated uh, ideas and, and also jokes uh, uh, from Covenant when it comes to mentoring. Uh, so I remind our mentors to be mentors and not tormentors. I've also used the term uh, mentories uh, to describe the, the group of uh, officers uh, instead of the more commonly used word mentee, which doesn't sound very nice. Uh, but more importantly, the word mentory uh, has the word mentor inside. Which I, and I do believe that for each of our mentory, they have the potential to be mentors in future. I've also reminded our mentories to be mentorable and tolerable. Uh, why tolerable? Uh, because mentors can make mistakes, huh? can give false advice, uh, and can ask people to do the wrong thing, can try to problem solve, and, and that's not right. Uh, but notwithstanding the risks, notwithstanding the challenges of scaling this up to the whole organization, I, I really believe that this is a meaningful uh, initiative. And I'll continue to work with my colleagues uh, to extend uh, this program to be able to engage uh, and equip our next generation of officers. Okay, so I've spoken about how we see our work as God's calling. I've also talked about how uh, we must serve God and people wholeheartedly. Uh, but just doing that on its own, working hard all the time, uh, can cause us to burn out. Uh, so how do we stay rested uh, in Christ? In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to, to 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I know some of us see these verses, we go, oh, this one I know already. Right? But follow me as I continue to share a few observations. Uh, the key word in these verses is the word all, that Jesus calls all of us, not just Christians, but all of us uh, to come to him. Jesus recognizes that we are weary and burdened, uh, whether it's it, you know, relationship issues, uh, workload issues, uh, health issues, financial issues, various life challenges. Jesus recognizes that and he calls us to leave this behind and come to him and he will give us rest. And then we're like, oh, so wonderful. And then we wish, huh? verse 29 where it says, thou shall do no more work, thou shall be idle. But Jesus didn't say that. In fact, Jesus calls us to work. There are two action verbs there. To take my yoke upon you and to learn from me. These are words, these are verbs, these are actions that Jesus calls us to take, uh, to take the yoke of our Lord Jesus. Uh, and the yoke is a, is a harness uh, that we place on an oxen uh, that is used for plowing the ground to prepare the ground for planting. Uh, in the agricultural context, uh, the oxen will work in pairs, a younger ox uh, paired with an older ox, uh, so that the more experienced ox can guide the younger one in plowing the, the field. And this is what Jesus calls us to do, to take his yoke upon us and to learn from him, to learn the gentleness, the humility, to grow in that Christ-likeness. The key word in this verse is the word rest. And as Pastor Edmund Chan has preached, uh, the word rest is the word anapao in Greek. Uh, and anapao is, is a compound word, there's two parts. Uh, power is to pause. It's an intentional, deliberate pause. Uh, and it's not a chillax huh, or just taking a break. Uh, Anna is an intensifier where it causes us to really pause, to really 
uh, in an intentional and deliberate way, uh, pause from, from the work that we are doing. And, and here, Jesus offers that, that rest, that restedness uh, for our souls. And that true restedness uh, from Christ uh, gives us that, that true satisfaction, that true significance, and that true security that comes only from our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so all this sounds very good eh, as a head knowledge, uh, but some of us, uh, myself included, uh, can be quite restless workers. You know, many of us are addicted to activities. Eh? Even leisure, recreation, uh, it's about activities. And we must be mindful that at the root of this addiction and these activities uh, is the sense of emptiness uh, within us. Uh, prior to, to COVID, eh, when I went for staycations, uh, I used to bring my uh, laptop with me and then do work where I can. Uh, but because of COVID, eh, and all we can do is staycations, I no longer bring my laptop, but I still bring my iPad with me. Okay, nobody is uh, uh, shaking your head, eh? I'm thankful, uh, at me. Uh, but yet, we, we can recognize the sense of restlessness, uh, the churning from, from within. Uh, so it's no surprises eh, that uh, it's about, about three months in my current role, back in 2021. Uh, I was going down this uh, K-shaped path, where the upper arm of, of you know, the K uh, is the increasing amount of work uh, that some of us may be experiencing. And then the decreasing arm of the K uh, is the declining energy level, the declining mood, uh, the declining quality of sleep. Uh, and that was what I was going through. Uh, but I'm so thankful by, by God's divine uh, timing. Uh, I was pulled out uh, from work uh, to attend a public service course. Uh, and it was a real time of power, a time of rest, a time of reorientation for me. And I'm, I'm so glad uh, that you know, there was that period of, of rest and break uh, from work for me. So what is one lesson uh, I learned from the episode? Uh, self-care is not about being selfish, but it's about caring for ourselves first so that we can care for others. And for me, it's about the ability to care for my, myself, for my inner circle, uh, so that I can then care uh, for others, which then in turn feeds to my purpose of work. Uh, otherwise, you know, I can feel the, the struggles of work, the load, uh, as well as strains in, in the relationships with people. So what does work uh, from a posture of restedness uh, means? Uh, I will share a few um, things that matter for me and I hope it will be beneficial for you as well. So first, how do we seek God's empowering uh, in the work that we do? Uh, having that spiritual communities, whether it's in ministry or in the marketplace, is important. Uh, and for me at the workplace, I have two spiritual communities uh, that pray weekly uh, for the organization, uh, for our people and the work that we do. Uh, second, I've spoken about self-care. Uh, I'm so thankful uh, for our youth service uh, that started this uh, year uh, where it's uh, me time for me, you know, during when my kids uh, attend the youth service, uh, to be able to read a book, to be able to reflect on things that have happened over the week uh, and to recommit my life uh, as thanksgiving or as prayer requests uh, to God. Uh, next on, on mentoring, uh, I'm thankful that um, Pastor David Chan from Covenant is my mentor. Uh, so every two months, I'll make a pilgrimage eh, to his house uh, to enjoy time with him, uh, to uh, share my reflections, and also to receive his godly counsel. Um, and, and then we pray together. Okay, so nourishing activities, uh, enjoying time with family. Um, I never like the word spending time with family because it's like wasting time like that. Eh? Uh, but enjoying time together as a family. Uh, so one thing that I did in the most uh, recent June holidays uh, is to block time uh, during weekdays uh, to have breakfast one day with my wife, uh, another day with the kids, uh, and to enjoy uh, time together. Uh, and then this afternoon, uh, after this uh, uh, service, 
we are going to catch our Spider-Man and Spider-Verse uh, movie, and, and that's something that we are looking forward to. Uh, taking walks uh, with, with colleagues, uh, besides the usual, uh, makan sessions and, and kopi sessions, uh, I really enjoy taking one-on-one -on -one walks with my colleagues. Uh, as we walk and as we talk, I find that people are more open uh, to share. So let me, let me sum up here about you know, how we see work uh, as we place our work in God's hands. How, how do we truly see uh, work as, as God's calling, uh, serve God and people wholeheartedly, and, and to stay rested uh, in Christ? I believe that when we're able to do all three things, uh, to keep these three focal points, I believe we're able to turn our work into worship unto God. And that's important. It's not just the work that we do, but how do we turn that work uh, into worship unto God? that we were truly able to see, see our work as God's uh, calling, then we place the right value uh, in the work that we do. Uh, for some of us who overwork, we have no issues. Huh? We're working hard, we're working overtime, but we really need to receive that rest that Jesus offers us. Uh, for those of us who underwork, undervalue work, uh, we have no issues. Huh? We're resting, we're being idle. Uh, but how do we take the yoke of Christ uh, and truly serve God and people wholeheartedly? So we must find that balance. And second, about serving God and people wholeheartedly. It's not about serving ourselves. It's not about finding that, that success, that significance, uh, but truly be able to pause, to be able to reorientate and, and to receive God's callings for our life, to serve God and to serve people uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, and finally, to stay rested in, in Christ. Uh, not to have that state of, of restlessness, uh, but to be able to uh, have that posture of restedness, to be able to keep our, our Sabbath and to be able to commit our lives and our work into God's hands. So as we wrap up uh, today's uh, sermon, I just wanted to, to speak uh, to two groups of people and invite uh, uh, two groups of people uh, to respond. Uh, the first group will be people who may not know Jesus, who may not have received Christ as your personal Lord and Saviour, uh, but you hear what I've shared about work and you have done whatever ways you can uh, to take work into your own hands uh, and you realise that it's, it's not working. It's not working. And this day, Jesus offers his rest uh, for your soul. And it's a different way of, of working, but being able to work uh, from a posture of rest. So right now, I just invite all of us to, to close our eyes, no one uh, looking around, uh, so that we can just commit uh, this time as, as a response time to God uh, in response to his word. Uh, so for the first group of people who may not know Jesus, I would like to lead you in this uh, a simple prayer, a simple words of, of saying, uh, sorry, Thank you and please to our Lord Jesus. So let us pray. Dear God, we are sorry for the sins, for the wrong things in our life. We're sorry for taking work into our own hands. This day, we thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins. And we ask, O oh Lord, please come into our lives. Give us that sense of rest for our souls. Truly, Jesus, we desire to believe in you. We desire to belong to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So with no one looking around, I just want to um, ask for any one of us who have prayed this prayer for the first time, uh, can you raise your hand? If you're praying this prayer for the first time, can you raise your hand and say, Lord, I want to receive you as the personal Lord and Saviour in my life. And even if you have not raised your hand, I just want to invite you to share with your friend or later at the Connections Corner uh, to find out more about Jesus. Next, I want to talk to a second group of people who truly desire to turn our work 
into worship unto God. And you know what I'm talking about, the sense of restlessness, the sense of churn. But this day, your desire is to turn your work, our work, into worship. I want to invite us to respond this, this morning. We you know some of us could be overworking, maybe feeling burnt out uh, at work. Some of us may be struggling to take care of our elderly and unwell parents at home. Some of us who are taking care of the house may feel very tired and underappreciated. This day, I want you to invite you to be able to respond to God, to recommit our work into His hands and to say, God, would you take my work and receive it as worship unto you? If this is you, I would like to invite you to raise your hand together with me so that we can respond to God in prayer. And I want to pray along for us. So if this is your desire to say, God, I don't want to do this on my own anymore. I'm tired. I'm feeling burnt out. This day, I want to give this work back unto you, the work from you, the vocation and the calling from you. You want to say, God, take this and receive it as my worship. If this is you, raise your hand and we can pray together. Dear Lord, you see the many hands who are raised. Lord, you know the desires of our heart. Lord, we say this day, Lord, we want to recommit our work and our lives into your hands. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we have taken our work into our own hands, maybe even to the extent of compromising our integrity. This day, Lord, I ask for your forgiveness in each of our lives. Lord, that you will forgive us for the times that we have sinned against you. That truly, O oh Father, that we will learn to see work as your calling. Lord, that we will learn to serve you and people wholeheartedly and that we can stay rested in Christ. And I pray, O oh Father, for my brothers and sisters with hands that are raised. Lord, as we commit our work uh, into your hands once again, O oh Lord, that you will truly strengthen our hands to do your work. Lord, that your joy will be our strength. Lord, that you redeem our work for your purposes and your glory this day, O oh Lord. And Lord, we commit all these things unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I belong to you. You're the reason that I live, reason that I sing. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I belong to you. You're the reason that I live, reason that I sing with all. you had spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. You can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.